Welcome back to the Adventures of a Disney Dad podcast. My name is Matt Brandeber. I'm a dad of three and the founder of AdventuresofADisneyDad.com and a travel agent with the Magic for Less Travel and your host. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Chip Robinson, soon to be dad of five, now a state champion with the Maslin Tigers. If you've been following along, Chip, I know you guys did the parade. The baby is on the way. Christmas is coming. Tell me everything. How's everything going? This December is flying by. It's been one of those things that I don't know. I mean, I was at the Browns game for a celebration yesterday. It's parade, like everybody coming up. My wife's due within, I don't know, two and a half, three weeks. So it's crazy right now. It's crazy. Yeah. The count the countdown is on. And for all the parents, you know, dealing with the chaos of this week, bless you all. It's gonna be a rough one, but we're gonna get through it. Keep moving the elves and doing, doing all those. <laughs> Those fun Christmas things. This week, we're going to be catching up on news and we're going to tackle a few different topics. The first, we're going to talk about a listener reached out this week and asked a great question. And I pulled the folks uh, that follow us on Instagram about this. What is the best age to visit Walt Disney World, particularly for the first time? And so for parents out there that are considering planning a Walt Disney World vacation, or if you've already done one and you've got some feedback, let us know on social media. But we got uh, hundreds of votes on this poll. I think it was the most voted poll I've ever put out on Instagram. And so a lot of people had strong feelings about this. So Chip and I are going to give our opinions. I'll talk about the results of the poll. And then Chip and I are going to share three to five things each that you must prioritize on your next Walt Disney World vacation, whether you're a new Walt Disney World family or if you've been several times. These are things that we feel like you should prioritize on your next vacation. And if you disagree with us or you agree with us, let us know on social media. But let's jump into the news really quickly. It's been a couple of weeks since we talked about the news, so there's some things to touch base on. First, I, I think I've got some feelings about this. I think it was last night, ABC had the Disney 100 special and they showed a sneak peek of Tiana's Bayou Adventure that's going to be coming to Walt Disney World and Disneyland. And there was nothing really new that was shown. It was more so just saying, hey, we're moving along. If you follow Disney stuff on social media, you've seen the construction photos all the time. My biggest takeaway from all this is that this is taking a very, very long time. Chip, do you have any guess as to when you think, and we'll look back at this sometime next year, I'm I'm sure, when do you think that Tiano's Bioadventure is going to open? 2025. Oh, so it's been announced 2024, so you think they're going to get delayed that far? Yeah, I mean, it's it's good. it's the new Tron. I, I thought, I was hoping this summer, like I was, I was secretly hoping like May, like late May, or right around June 20th, like they did for Toy Story Land, but I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna get pushed to 2025. I think you know you you hit the nail on the head that I think it's just taking entirely too long for what is basically a redressing. It appears, but my guess is going to be Labor Day 2024. We'll see. They like to do you know the holiday weekend openings, so I'm sure they'll do a soft opening before Labor Day. But that's gonna be that's gonna be my guess. If it goes beyond that, I think the pitchforks from the deep Disney folks are going to come out and it's going to get. A little ugly. Interestingly, on that same special, they also touched again on the Encanto-like house for a tropical Americas-themed land at Animal Kingdom. To me, there's enough smoke at this point to say that that is probably the direction they are certainly going to go with the Dino Land area at Animal Kingdom. 
no dates, nothing more concrete, but they've talked about it in the press enough over the last two months that I think that that's pretty clear that they're going to go that route. Chip, do you have any thoughts or just excitement uh, on this issue? Let's get the, let's get it going. Put the walls up. That's, Um, that's the, that's, that's, you took it right out of my mouth, man. They're just taking, they're taking too long for this stuff. Like get it moving. Let's get some, let's get some construction walls up and let's get it going. The walls are coming down in Epcot. Let's just move them. Go ahead and put them over Animal Kingdom. After five five years, I think, of construction at Epcot, and you know, we've all we've all heard that there are some issues with some of the lights not working already, and and a little bit of frustration there. I'll be down in a couple of weeks to check it out. I'm really looking forward to it, and but it looks it looks great to me the the area of, at Epcot. But I think the general gist is Disney needs to pick up the pace on improvement at the parks. And we'll see how that goes over the next couple of years. This I found really interesting. Bloomberg is reporting that Disney is developing a new version of the X-Files. Chip, did you ever watch the X-Files as a kid? No, but just the one with David Blamey, Blamey or something like that, right? I I, I don't remember. I, I don't remember his last name. I know name. what it is, yeah, but I, not, I just I, I thought it was interesting. I I don't I never would have imagined Disney would go that route. I liked the show when I was a kid, but like not, I mean, it gave me nightmares and stuff when I was little, but like sometimes Disney is a little all over the map, you know, it's just such a weird thing to have. So next we've got, and I'm here for the baby elephant content at Animal Kingdom. (laughs) They welcomed a new baby African elephant, Cora. I think this is the first elephant that they've bred in captivity from a mom that was also bred in captivity. Okay. So the mom, I think, was bred at Animal Kingdom in 2005, I believe. But you can fact check me if I'm wrong there. But baby elephant Cora, so cute. Love seeing the content. This led me to something that I, I don't see guests book that often. And I'm curious if you've ever considered it, Chip. The Caring for Giants. Have you ever looked uh, into it? I have because it's pretty affordable. It's 39 I bucks, I believe, a person. Yeah. And it's now you there's a big caveat you don't get to go up and like pet it but you are i don't know 80 20, to 100 feet yeah i was gonna say 20 yards from it so it's about right um you get pretty close that i think there's a meal included i think it'd be pretty cool like i that'd be one of the things that it's pretty cost effective go do it with your family i'm sure you see other animals as well yeah, so the for those that aren't familiar, Caring for Giants is one of the enchanting experience extras that you can book at Walt Disney World. You do have to make a reservation in advance. It starts right across from the safaris, the Kilimanjaro safaris. So it does require a park entry. You do have to have a park ticket to go, unlike the nighttime safari. The nighttime safari, you don't have to have a park ticket to book, but it's also a lot more expensive. But Caring for Giants, you get to go and get a closer look at the elephants at Animal Kingdom you're about 80 to 100 feet away. The only downside, so when this announcement came out that they had a new baby elephant and we're going in a couple of weeks in January, I went to go book it because I was like, this is awesome. I'd love to see my kids to see a new baby elephant. It'll be great. And I've always wanted to, to do it. It's affordable. You have to be four years old to participate in the Caring for Giants tour. Okay. So if your kids are under four, which I have two kids under four, doesn't work out. And mom and I aren't going to split up on the trip. So we can't do it on this one, but I'm looking forward to doing it in the future and always something to keep in mind, especially if you're going soon. Check that out because then you can try and get a glimpse of the baby elephant. They announced Epcot International Festival of the Arts is going to run January 12th to February 19th and Flower and Garden will begin 
February 28th. So you'll get the rare seven days in February without a festival. <laughs> so keep those dates in mind. And hot off the presses, this just happened right before I was starting to record. Uh, Chip, you're going to love this, I think. Disney Cruise Line is offering 50% off the deposit for a new Disney cruise if you book before February 16th. Okay. So this All doesn't right. get you a discount on the overall price, but sometimes those deposits for Disney Cruise Line can be a little expensive, especially when you're booking like 2025. You're basically, you know, Disney becomes a bank at that point for you, for your deposit yeah. for a long, long time. So keep that in mind. If you're interested in booking a new Disney cruise until February 16th, you get 50, 50% off your deposit on a new cruise. And we'd be happy to help you book that over at the Magic for Less. You can reach out to me. All the information to get a quote will be in the show notes, as, as always. So let's jump into the main segment today, Chip. The best age to visit Walt Disney World. There's a new article up on adventuresofadisneydad.com, kind of going through this in detail, all the different thoughts I had about different age ranges, different attractions, different parks. I really think that, you, number one, you have to know your kids. I think, Chip, you'd agree with that. Yeah. And number two, like, there's different age groups that fit in different parks for different reasons, and we can talk about that in a little bit more detail. But let's give the results of the poll really quickly, and that was... 40% said two years old is the best age for a first-time visitor. 8% said three years old is the best uh, age for a first-time visitor. 19% said four. And 33% said five and up. So essentially, you've got two pretty big ends of the spectrum. You've got 40% of the people saying it's age two. And 33% said wait until at least they're, they're five. Chip, what are your thoughts on the best age to visit Walt Disney World? And how did you and your wife kind of figure this out? Well, one of the big things is when we went, my wife's like, God, this might only be the only chance. We we had talked about going before. So one of the things that, that we looked at is my son was going to be free. Being, being under three, un, under three, he was going to be free. And we knew we were doing the dining plan, which is coming back. So and so we planned kind of around that because he gets free free meals if you go to like the buffets or whatnot he's not charged so we, we took advantage of that and that was kind of our big thing was listen we know we're, we're going to go in the morning take a break and go back and eat we just that's how we do it that's how we've I, i've always done it so that was kind of the big thing reason why we took bear when he was little and then it'll stay the same like they're every age is perfect there's no no age that's not perfect i the reason i say take them when they're little is because then you can do things you can have pictures as you're going through through all the different years you've got got time to go to see mickey go do all the slow rides if, if mom wants to go do i don't know tower of terror and dad can have the baby or vice versa whatever so i think any age is perfect but i i, I tend to lean towards the younger age i, I agree with you and, and chip and i have experience in this regard because we've literally had every age range including pregnant spouses that have gone <laughs> The Walt Disney World. Both of us have have literally run the gamut of, you know, young kids. I think my youngest was six months his first trip, and you know, my wife has been pregnant at Walt Disney World. We've done age two for a first trip. We've done age four for a first trip. Chip, you've got the same kind of age range of kids, a little bit older, so you've been through it too. And and, and I, I've twice. 
<laughs> yes. So, so we, we do have the experience in, in this regard to talk about it. And the, the biggest thing I tell people when they're considering going for the first time is like, you have to know your kids, right? If you know your kids are sensitive to audio or sensory issues, they're not going to like being around big crowds. And they're also easily scared of like characters or things like that at a very young age. Then, you know, maybe you wait until they're a little bit older. But the majority of rides, and I, I say the majority, like I would easily say more than 75% of the rides you can get on with a baby, a newborn baby. So at age two, you know, you're still going to be able to ride Peter Pan's Flight and Ariel's Grotto and Jungle Cruise. But the parents, you can ride Haunted Mansion and the, the kid may or may not like that. But, you know, at a younger age, they may just be sleeping with you. You're still going to be able to ride Pirates of the Caribbean. There's a ton of stuff that you can do at Walt Disney World. Now, if you have one under the age of three, maybe you don't prioritize Hollywood Studios, right? Because I think where Hollywood Studios really excels is the older kids. But the caveat with that is that the Toy Story Land is, I think, the best ride, first time ride for a three-year-old in terms of Slinky Dog Dash. So... But I'll, know, I'll, yeah. go, I'll go with you as well. But Hollywood Studios can't be for a little kid. I mean, they're, they're the can, only ones that have, sure. they have they have Disney Junior sing mm -hmm. and play. They have the Disney Junior breakfast over at Hollywood and Vine. Queen the, Racing Academy. Lightning McQueen. They don't have Little Mermaid show anymore. Hopefully that eventually comes back. But I mean, there are things to do over there. I mean, you've got the Frozen sing along. You've got a ton of great characters. Olaf. Yes. I mean, Olaf, so the, uh, I, I agree with you. There's more. There might be more thrill rides, but you can also make a day of it over at, with mm -hmm. the little kids as well. Or you can even you can even kind of make it a half day, right? You can get Park Hopper. You can make it. You know, you do Hollywood Studios in the morning, and you can kind of knock out a lot of the stuff that's great for little kids. Get a lot of great pictures, and then you can go back to the resort, have a nap, and then spend your evening somewhere else, like either Animal Kingdom, uh, Epcot, or Magic Kingdom. Epcot, as we always talk about, great for little kids that love characters. So, yeah, and you've also got meals. So you want to push the kid around in a stroller and just kind of let them take everything in, grab some snacks and stuff like that. It's a really great place for uh, young ones. So I, I, my Chip, what was your vote? I went two and under. Yeah, two, two and under was mine too. And, and I really felt like, Two, and, and you can read this in the article on adventureswithdisneydad.com, but my opinion is two is great because they still have that magic, right? They still love, they, they still believe that the characters are real. They are enthralled by what's going on throughout the parks and, and they can just really, really enjoy it. And they're not going to remember it. We all know that like there's a lot of people online that talk about, oh, why would you go spend all that money at Disney? They're not going to remember you're going to remember it, number one. And number two, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more later, pictures are are very much memories for you and your kids that you'll have forever. And and absolutely worth it in that regard. Now, so now I'm going to put a put a, put another thing in there. My my brother actually was just down. In, he went to Magic Kingdom for one day, took his wife and daughter. Had never been. Like he'd been when he was little. And I think my, my sister-in-law, my, my niece had never gone. I believe she's 10, maybe 11. First time. And so I texted him. I haven't asked him too many details, but I said, how's it going? He said, it's great. We've ridden Space Mountain twice. And he's not a crowd person. He hates big crowds. He he doesn't like that. But they went in 
on last week on a Thursday on a party day and they had a great day. Like, so mm-hmm. you can go with older kids there first time too. There's nothing wrong with doing that. I just, I think and we'll, we'll get more into it, but I think starting young, you got those pictures all the way through. I think that's one of the. Yeah. And, and I had hey. a guest down there this weekend with a nine and four year old for their first time. And the biggest thing that they told me when we were planning their trip is that their nine year old isn't going to be into characters because she knows it's not real. And that that's that kind of hits home for, you know, if you've got younger kids and they are going to be amazed by meeting Buzz and Woody and Jesse, you know, at the age of four and they still believe that that's Buddy, Buzz and Woody and Jesse. And you go in Rodeo Roundup Barbecue and they say Andy's coming and they they're into it. Right. Like you get to that 10, 11, 12 age and then they're, they're starting to get kind of too cool for it. Right. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. So then they'll, get to, you, then they'll get to high school and they'll be like, all right, it's not too, it's not too bad. Yeah. Or, or that, you know, as we talked about before, that's when they get to the height of uh, to, to jumping over to universal studios. And yep. that's a, that's a completely different discussion, but you know, there's a lot of things for older kids, definitely not discouraging you from taking older kids for the first time. But if you, if you're thinking about going with kids that are under the age of five, I'm all for it. I think it's great. Obviously, there's a good segment of people that think five and up is best for the first try because they're going to be tall enough to ride everything. So I can understand that, but definitely think about it. And so let's let's jump into our next segment. Things to prioritize on your next Walt Disney World vacation. Chip and I are going to give you some of our thoughts. If you've got any for us, definitely share them on social media. First one, Chip, what, what's one thing that you think people should prioritize on their next Walt Disney World trip? So you sent me this earlier and I was like, I wrote this one down. And then I went away from, I was, in, I was in school and I went away from my desk for about 30 minutes and came back. And I'm like, oh, that is definitely his number one. Pictures. You have to prioritize pictures. Whether that's getting the memory maker, whether it's just taking pictures in front of the castle, get as many pictures as you can. If you don't get memory maker, I think memory maker is a deal. I think it's a great, it's a, it's a great deal to, to buy if you're there for more than four days. It's kind of my, my number, I would say, but um, they'll also use your phone. So if you just want to have them take pictures with your phone, the, the photo pass people will do that as well. They'll take it with their camera and then they'll use, use your phone as well. So take pictures with, with the castle with all, I love doing all the icons. So, Going to Hollywood Studios, I go in front of Chinese Theater. Epcot, you go Spaceship Earth, and then you go to the Tree of Life at Animal Kingdom. But I, I love doing that. That's my that's my number one. You got to prioritize that's a, pictures. That's a great one, and it's it's hard for people sometimes. You you know you get in your with your family, and you're trying to make that next reservation, or you're trying to make that next Lightning Lane, and you just ignore all the people in the green vests as you walk by, right? And you're just like, oh, we'll do it later, or all oh, the lines too long for that photographer, so let's just skip it and move on. And you really have to try and make time for photos with your family and with your kids and stuff like that. And I I agree with you on memory maker. It is the number one add on that I am adamant about recommending for guests. You know, I think you can get by without genie plus you can get by without park hopper, some of these other things, but memory maker is the one thing that you will not regret. You know, you're going to get all of your ride photos and there are people they're photo fast photographers in the green vest everywhere at Walt Disney World. They're not at the resorts, but in the theme parks, they're everywhere. And you can get all kinds of great pictures. So, Chip, I think you uh, hit the nail on the head. My And I didn't put these in, in any kind of order, but one of my things that you should prioritize for your next Walt Disney World trip is at least one nighttime show. 
if you've got little kids like I do, you know, kids under five and, you know, it's hard to do nighttime shows. They're sometimes they're late eight or nine o'clock and it, it can be difficult to keep your kids out that late if they're not used to it. For us, it's a time change. Plus it's late. <laughs> so it, it can be a little bit difficult, but try to make it where you do one nighttime show on your trip. Prioritize uh, to me, either Fantasmic or Happily Ever After. I love Happily Ever After. I think if you're going to splurge, you can do the dessert party so that you can make sure you have a great seat. I don't, I don't, the desserts and the alcohol and the drinks are great at the dessert parties. I'm not minimizing those at all, but you're paying for the seat. Yeah. You get to get that seat on the hub where you don't have to sit out there for an hour and try and elbow your way into a spot just for somebody to put their kid on their shoulders and stand right in front of you anyway. So you get great seats, but definitely prioritize at least one nighttime show. And, and generally I'll, I'll say that I like to think about this when I talk to guests planning their vacation is like build some of these things in and say, all right, we know we're going to do one nighttime show on this day. And then you start to fill in your park days and your resort days, your sleep in days, your dining reservations, you kind of fill them in afterwards. So if you prioritize some of this stuff first, it helps you get the outlay of your vacation and you can go from there, but definitely make sure you hit at least one nighttime show if you can. Um, I, would do it. Then, I, would, I, I would say do, do it early in the trip too. Cause then it, then you might be like, Hey, you know what? Let's hit this again. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. But if you definitely want to, if you want to avoid the temptation to do two late nights, <laughs> don't do what Chip just said. But, but I think that's, that's a great point and a great tip, Chip, for sure. Chip, what's your second tip? My second tip is just relaxing. And that's in in the parks. That's not that's that's not just going to the pool and whatnot. Just relax on your trip. It is a vacation. People always say they need a vacation is, away from the. This vacation. is my part, right? <laughs> this but, is the one but, that I need to hear. But the, it's just going to like a show that you've never gone to and just enjoy it. Go sit, go sit and watch some random show. Just sit and watch some of the street atmosphere people. Like if you see them out just doing an act or something like that, it's people watching. I think you're just just taking time to relax out of your vacation. Not feeling like you have to be on your phone. Oh, where's the next ride? Where's this? Where's this? Just relax. <laughs> Take it in. You're enjoying it. That is probably one of the things that people get frustrated with the most about a Disney vacation is just the need to constantly be trying to do something, be on your phone or checking for reservations or checking for lightning lanes or whatever. That you constantly feel like you've got to be doing something and you can't just sit down and chill. So to Chip's point, it's something that I am and bound to work on in 2024 is relaxing on Disney vacations and making it a little bit more of a vacation than an activity list where you're just going, going, going all day, every day. I'll say that there's two parks that you can relax and you don't have to be on your phone at all. And those are both the water parks. <laughs> you, you don't want your phone wet. So you might as well, and you can't do lightning lanes. So water parks, not a bad option just to hang out and enjoy the water and be with your family. Yeah. And so to build off of that, the, I would recommend at least one resort day. So that's my next tip is, and it goes hand in hand with what Chip said. It forces you to relax, right? But for the most part, people spend a lot of money at these resorts. And I say that with emphasis towards the moderate and deluxe resorts. Like if you are like our friend, Hallie Jones, uh, shout out to her that was recently on the show. She doesn't care to be at the resort. Right. So if she's going to book a, a value resort, 
it's because she is only going to sleep there. And there are a lot of people like that. I myself, you know, when I go on a solo trip, I am only going to sleep there. So I don't care about what resort I'm in at all. But if you are spending a significant amount of money for your resort, you know, you're staying at Pop Century. And this, this isn't to say you can't do a resort day at the values, but particularly the case for moderates and deluxes, like those are fantastic resorts. You should spend some time there. You should check out the pools, check out the restaurants. Not every restaurant has to be, you know, in the parks or at another resort, right? You don't have to hop somewhere to have a great meal. There are really great meals at Coronado, at Port Orleans, Riverside, Caribbean Beach. You can eat at Sebastian's Bistro. There's a lot of great spots there. So maximize your vacation by spending a resort day. And so to go back to like how I like to build out a trip, you pick out your nighttime fireworks day. You pick out your resort day. Ideally, you do your resort day the day after you've stayed out late at the fireworks, right? So you stay out late one night, and then the next day you do a resort day. You relax at the pool. You keep an eye on the weather. Like if you were there this past weekend, no good day for a resort day because it's pouring the rain every day. But, you know, find time. Like you can take board games, take card games, hang out with your kids in the room, um, spend some time there, and then – you know, if you want to pop on the Skyliner for a little bit, pop on the monorail for a little bit, come back, just walk around. Those are all things that you can do. They're free. You get to enjoy the resort that you paid for and you get to kind of get to what Chip's talking about where you talk about relaxing. So Chip, what do you got next for us? My third one is we like to let my kids choose. So we do a lot of YouTube, watching YouTube as a family, but we'll be like, all right, hey, We'll, we'll say, what, what do you guys want to do this day? Like, we'll let one of my kids pick, hey, this, where do you want to eat? Here are your options. Where do you want to eat? We did it with our hotel. Where do we want to stay at? We just takes it out of our hands. It kind of makes them enjoy it, feel like they're it's their vacation, like they're planning it. I know last time, last or last year, we didn't hit a test track. It was the one ride my son wanted to do, but it was down because the weather and all this. So he said, Dad, can we, can we do test track? And I'm like, that's the first thing we're going to do when we get to Epcot, buddy. We're going to go do test track as you want to do it. And yeah. So just, just kind of letting your kids choose part of your trip. Like let them find well, Finding ways to get the entire, the entire family involved, I think is, is really cool. Especially if you've got like different aspects of your family. So if you've got grandma and grandpa and maybe son and daughter and grandkids like getting every aspect, getting the grandparents involved and talking about multi-generational trips, right? Getting the grandparents involved in what you're doing and what days you're doing what is is critical too. Like what do the grandparents want to do with the grandkids? And you don't, it doesn't mean you're making the vacation about them, right? It's still your vacation, but getting everybody involved gets everybody, I think, a little bit more excited. And then there are some people that they're like, I don't want to do any of it. <laughs> you guys just plan it all and will show up when, you know, and, and enjoy it. But, you know, definitely as Chip said, I think getting your kids involved is, is awesome. It builds that excitement and the fun for the trip. And so I think that's really helpful. My number three for tips for your next Walt Disney world vacation is to do one rope drop day. So I, I go back to, I'm building out like the perfect vacation. I've got one nighttime show day. I've got one resort day and I've got one rope drop day. And I say this with the caveat, I don't ever rope drop. I was so, going to say you can rope drop or what? <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't ever rope drop. And and I I and it's only because my family and I have, have gone enough that like we don't we don't ever want to wake the kids up 
to get them to the parks to be there first and wait in line and rush to do an attraction. Like to us, it's like, we'll do it on our next trip if we can't get to it this time. So it's not that big of a deal. We're very fortunate in that regard, but there are other people that, you know, this is their one trip, right? One trip every couple of years. And if you're doing this as your first trip or your, you know, your once a year or two trip, you should rope drop one day. And it really helps you knock out a bunch of different attractions. It gives you a different experience in the parks. Don't ever, in my opinion, don't ever do it after your, you know, nighttime show day. So to me, it's like, yeah, do you could do your rope drop day. Then you can do the next day, maybe stay out late and then do your resort day, or you can do it after your resort day. Any of those days where you're feeling refreshed, you're feeling energized is a great opportunity. And, you know, you can move it around based on the weather or how you guys are feeling. You know, maybe it's the first day of your vacation after your travel day. You didn't go to the parks after you landed at the airport. Like we we like to go to eat dinner at Disney Springs, our travel day, right? So you go to dinner at Disney Springs, you get the kids back, get a good night's rest. And the first day you want to hit the ground running and rope drop. I'm I'm all for it. I think you should try and do it once on your trip. So keep that in mind too. And there, there are other people out there that'll say, do it every single day. I'm just, I'm not that guy. So I can't, I can't advocate for something that I don't do personally. So that's, that's I am that guy. So, so I advocate it. So whatever I've got, but we're also, we'll we'll take a day. Like we'll go two days in a row. We, we take a break, but I love the idea of of, of road dropping at least once. And if you've got kids that can handle it, right? Like that's what we talked about this entire show is knowing what your kids limits are and making sure that you're not going to fry them out or anything like that. And you have the hour difference too. I mean, so 7 a.m. Orlando time is 6 a.m. Chicago time. So yeah, that that's, and that's a huge, that's a huge part of it. But like, I, I just, for me, if, if I'm getting everybody up out of bed and forcing them to do something, then people, at least one person's going to be crabby, whether it's a kid, me or my wife. And that's just not fun. So it, think about how it works in the dynamic of your family and, and do what's best for you. But I think planning it out that you're going to do it one day is a, is a great option. Animal Kingdom is always a great option for your rope drop day because they open a little earlier usually. And there's not as much to do there, in my opinion. So you can knock out a lot. We could argue that's a different topic. We could argue about like how much there is to do at Animal Kingdom on a different show. But definitely, you know, check out a rope drop one day on your trip. So, Chip, let's let's go with what's your number four? My number four is going. You've mentioned it. Going to Disney Springs. I think it's one of those places that all the different restaurants, all the different chefs. I mean, we we watch Food Network here, so we see all the different chefs and they got all the new the restaurants over there. We we normally let our kids pick out one thing. So my son likes going to the Lego store. Uh, there's photo ops there. We love going to Lego store and taking pictures with there's Anna and Elsa out there. There's like the in, in Legos now, not the real mm-hmm. one. Yeah. There's Star Wars Legos that are built up like full size characters. They're really cool. Yeah. The Disney store out like the, the Disney, I don't even know what it's called anymore. World of Disney. Change. World of Disney. Yep. It's awesome. We go to the Christmas store over there. We, we actually, I've never been in any other store like, like the, the name brand stores, or we just go to the Disney stores. We go to, now we'll go to Gideon's, get get cookies. We get a, a peanut butter cold brew. I'm excited to try Summer House, the cookie bar over there. You see those pictures? Wait. I've got uh, January 1st, we've got dinner there, dinner reservations there, and I I cannot wait for that. That lo- The menu looks incredible. They've got 
burgers, pizza, and tacos, and a cookie bar. So it's like, yeah. what, you know, there's something for everybody. <laughs> the reviews so far have been fantastic. So I, I agree with you. Disney Springs is an awesome recommendation. They've usually got some great decorations there too for oh, yeah. different holidays and different events. Right now they've got the Christmas tree stroll going on for the for Christmas. You can meet Santa there. So there, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. And and during the summer, there's always live music. So there's cool things to do. Best quick service options of anywhere might be there. I, I love it. Light pig, chicken guy. What what are some other ones that you like? Well, they used to have Wolfgang Puck was on the quick service, but it's no longer. But you can go. I like going to the Ghirardelli. What's the other one? There's one I always. Oh, oh, the sandwich shop. Oh, dude, that 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 is great. The holiday sandwich is by far the best best quick service you get because you get side of mac and cheese. It's so yeah. It's, it, it is Disney Springs is is very underrated in my opinion and. There's a, there's such great food options there, so definitely definitely make that a priority on your trip and spend some time there. Lots of new restaurants popping up. Summer House is going to be fantastic. And also keep this in mind: like if you forget something on your trip, I'm notorious for this. I I will lose a pair of sunglasses while I'm traveling. There's all kinds of like name brand shops, Lululemon. There's a running store there. There's like you you name it. You can I think Uniqlo's there. There's a lot there's, of really affordable spots. There's a sock place. My one buddy goes Stance. there. Stance. Yeah, you only buy socks from there. Okay. So <laughs> Adventures of a Disney is a Stance affiliate. So we love Stance nice. socks. Uh, big shout out to them. But there is a Stance store there. They've got really cool Disney socks that are yes. almost like dress socks style, but they're more comfortable than dress socks. They're not like real thin. But, but putting that aside, like if you forget something, what last year in January, it was like unreasonably cold. And so we we went there and just got some clothes for the kids that we needed because it was colder than we anticipated. We didn't pack properly for it to be that cold. It kind of came, it hit us. We weren't we weren't really ready for it. So if you ever forget something or you need something, like it's not all coach stores and like really expensive yeah. stuff. They've got some, you know, affordable clothing shops there that are real easy to get in and out of. So just pop over there and grab something. I'm going to jump into my number four. And that is sometimes it's kind of surprising to me when people are planning shorter trips, like under five days, they like don't plan any table service at all. I think to me, you should prioritize at least one table service restaurant while you're at Walt Disney World. You should not subsist on just park food for three to four days or <laughs> like just quick service stuff like popcorn, Mickey bars and corn dog nuggets. I love corn dog nuggets. I could eat Casey's every day. But I definitely think you should try one table service meal. Um, so at least make one reservation while you're at Walt Disney World, whether it be at Disney Springs or one of the parks or even one of the resorts. Definitely prioritize one table service restaurant. And you can, again, build that into your perfect vacation, right? So you're doing a resort day. Maybe you do a nice dinner at California Grill, something that you're not like exhausted from being in the parks. You can sit down and really enjoy the meal. Maybe you do it close to the fireworks so you can walk out onto the balcony see the fireworks there, you know, or, or one of those kind of options, but definitely table service restaurants at Disney world are underrated. Like they're really, really good food. So keep that in mind. I was going to say with that, I, I love doing the resort day and then going to a different resort for dinner. So we'll mm -hmm. go to Old Key West and go eat at Olivia's. We'll go to Boma over at Animal Kingdom Lodge. 
just something like that, changing it up from your scenery. Like you're at you're at the resort all day. Just just get out and it'll lead me to my number five when we get to there. But uh, I want to put you on the spot real quick before that. If you had a a short trip, let's say for you it's even just a day. Let's say you have yeah. a short trip. If you could only do one table service restaurant, which table service restaurant are you doing? You know, I'm probably going out of a park. I don't know. I think I'm going to a resort to eat. Let's say I'm at Epcot. I'm going to go over to uh, what's the steakhouse over at, at the yacht club. So yachtsman's. Yeah. I might go to yachtsman's. I think that's, that's kind of where I'm <laughs> most been ready for a steak lately. So but I'll go to yachtsman's. All right. That's interesting. I, I, I don't, I, I put you on the spot and mine might be Boma. Like I'm, I might do breakfast at Boma if I only had one meal. Well, you're telling um, me one day. So I, I'm like, I want to get back to the park. That's what I was thinking, but. Yeah, oh, Bo- that's fair. Bo- that's Bo- fair. Bo- was on our Bo- was on our trip this summer. Just FYI. <laughs> there you there you go. Yeah, I, and and I wasn't thinking like logistics and timing and all those things. It's really just like if you could only do one table service meal, which would it be? I really love California Grill, so it it might be up there for me. The different menu options sometimes can throw people off, but I think it's a great option. But for me, it might be Boma might be my number one pick. So anyway, let's go. Our last last ones number five. Chip, what do you got for us? Mine is Disney transportation. I think it is the most underrated thing that you can do on vacation. I love just if we have a car, just parking the car and letting them do the driving. They're our yeah. Uber for the week. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I, I, I think it's something that is definitely underrated. And there are a lot of Disney transportation options that are attractions themselves. The Skyliner, the monorail, the boats stuff that you can go and have fun with that don't cost any money at all so if you're trying to save money on your trip and you're trying to find fun activities for the kids give those a shot ride the skyliner around you know especially if you're not staying at a skyliner resort right you know if you're think, if you're going oh, go ahead uh, we took the we went from disney springs to old key west on the boat it was 25 minutes the the boat driver was interacting with my kids having a good time it, it was just cool because they were kind of they, they have to beep they beat their horn all the time and so they were telling my kids this is why we have to do it it's it's a, it's, it's a fun ride it's enjoyable my wife my wife's like i would go back to old key west just for that boat ride yeah and and like it's also important for places that like don't have those transportation options like if you're staying at coronado which we love to do all they've got's the bus animal kingdom lodge all they've got's the bus so like Hopping over to Hollywood Studios and then riding the Skyliner around, maybe getting a meal at a different resort or using the Skyliner to get to Epcot. Like the Skyliner is literally, it's like a, a free lightning lane, so to speak, yes. right? You know, you get to bounce around a little bit and it, it is, it's just a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Sometimes I've, I've said this on the show before, but like when I'm down by myself and, or even if it's like an adults only trip, if you can get to Epcot easily because you only have adults, like I like to pop on the Skyliner just to go and get a meal, like a quick service meal, like tacos at Epcot. You go, you go in, you pop in, you grab a piece of pizza, you grab tacos, and then you pop back over or wherever else that you want to go for the rest of your trip. So I, I think that's a great option. Definitely agree with you, Chip. Prioritize the, you know, the Disney transportation on your trip, and that'll be a good and, option. And listen, I, I want to talk into existence, Magical Express. If I keep saying it enough, maybe Disney will listen and say, hey. We're going to include this back with your your trip. So if I can get the Magical Express back, it's just going to save me 
it'll it's because it's I think it was one of the most underrated things. It's oh like gosh. you get on a cruise. I, I I the amount of times I hear people ask me about Magical Express when they're trying to figure out their airport transportation is <laughs> is crazy. Like there's so much demand for it. But anyway, my my last and final one because we're starting to get long here, and we're trying to keep the show under an hour for you guys in the future. My last one is to prioritize one character meal. If you've got kids and you'll notice all my tips were just one thing. If you can prioritize one thing and build this out, you know, you've got a great trip. I think you got one nighttime show. You've got one character meal. You got one resort day, one table service day. You you've really got one rope drop day. You've really got an awesome vacation. You can pack that into like four days in a four day trip. You can really do all those things. And I think it would be really awesome. But for kids, I think you should try and do one character meal. I know they're a little expensive. If you're doing the dining plan, there's a few that are one table service credit. So they're a great option. I would avoid the ones that are two table service credits. If Again, if you're using the dining plan or just pay out of pocket for those. Chef Mickey's, Garden Grill, Acker Shoes, all great options. And there's more. So you know, definitely do your digging on that as to what characters you think your kids will like the most. But I think... To get the the quintessential Disney experience, you got to have breakfast with characters or a meal with characters at least once. Yeah, what do you think, Chip? I agree. I agree. I think Tusker House is a good steal too. I think a, it's very similar to Boma, and there's types of food, but it's 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 one of the great, one of the best character interactions as well. No doubt, no doubt. And that that's gonna wrap it up. We had a shorter episode today. We'll save our listener questions for our next episode. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, please feel free to reach out to at Adventures of a Disney Dad on social media or Matt at Adventures of a Disney Dad.com. Number one, we appreciate the support, especially for the last few episodes. It's been overwhelming. We appreciate all the downloads, the sharing, everything. It, it means a lot to us as we continue to grow the show. So thank you guys for that. If you ever have any comments or questions, don't ever hesitate to reach out to us. Chip, where can people find you? At Robinson Dad Life on Instagram. And if you're ever interested in having me assist you in planning your next Universal or Disney vacation, please feel free to reach out. All the links to get a free quote are in the show notes. Again, I am a travel agent with the Magic for Less Travel. Our services are free to you, and we'd love to help you plan your next dream vacation. You can also check out Adventures of a Disney Dad, the website. Just click get a quote, get a free quote in the top right corner, and we'll get you squared away uh, shortly thereafter. If you have a moment and you could follow, subscribe, like, and review the podcast on whatever platform you prefer, we would greatly appreciate the support. Again, thank you very much for listening, and we will see you in the parks.